Welcome to the Folktale Project, this is Dan Shaws. Today we have The White Cat, Part 5, and the prince is about to return home with the muslin and the quite incredible procession that the white cat is sending with him. And we'll see if he will now become king in The White Cat, Part 5. So the prince kissed her little paw and set out. You can imagine how fast he traveled when I tell you that they reached the king's palace in just half the time it had taken the wooden horse to get there. This time, the prince was so late that he did not try to meet his brothers at their castle, so they thought he could not be coming and were rather glad of it, and displayed their pieces of muslin to the king proudly, feeling sure of success. And indeed, the stuff was very fine and would go through the eye of a very large needle, but the king, who was only too glad to make a difficulty, sent for a particular needle which was kept among the crown jewels, and had such a small eye that everybody saw at once it was impossible that the muslin should pass through it. The princes were angry, and were beginning to complain that it was a trick, when suddenly the trumpet sounded and the youngest prince came in. His father and brothers were quite astonished at his magnificence, and after he greeted them he took the walnut from his pocket and opened it, fully expecting to find the piece of muslin. But instead, there was only a hazelnut. He cracked it, and there lay a cherry stone. Everybody was looking on, and the king was chuckling to himself at the idea of finding the piece of muslin in a nutshell. However, the prince cracked the cherry stone, but everyone laughed when he saw it contained only its own kernel. He opened that and found a grain of wheat, and in that was a millet seed. Then, he himself began to wander and muttered softly, White cat, white cat, are you making fun of me? In an instant, he felt a cat's claw give his hand quite a sharp scratch and was hoping that it was meant as an encouragement. He opened the millet seed and drew out of it a piece of muslin four hundred ells long, woven with the loveliest colors and the most wonderful patterns. And when the needle was brought, it went through the eye six times with the greatest ease. The king turned pale, and the other princes stood silent and sorrowful, for nobody could deny that this was the most marvelous piece of muslin that was to be found in the world. Presently, the king turned to his sons and said, with a deep sigh, Nothing could console me more in my old age than to realize your willingness to gratify my wishes. Go then once more, and whoever at the end of a year can bring back the loveliest princess shall be married to her and shall, without further delay, receive the crown, for my successor must certainly be married. The prince considered that he had earned the kingdom fairly twice over, but still he was too well-bred to argue about it. So he just went back to his gorgeous chariot and surrounded by his escort returned to the white cat faster than he had come. This time, she was expecting him. The path was strewn with flowers, and a thousand braziers were burning scented woods which perfumed the air. Seated in a gallery from which she could see his arrival, the white cat waited for him. Well, king's son, she said, here you are once more without a crown. Madam, said he, Thanks to your generosity, I have earned one twice over, but the fact is that my father is so loath to part with it that it would be no pleasure to me to take it. 
Never mind, she answered. It's just as well to try and deserve it. As you must take back a lovely princess with you next time, I will be on the lookout for one for you. In the meantime, let us enjoy ourselves. Tonight, I have ordered a battle between my cats and the river cats on purpose to amuse you. So this year slipped away even more pleasantly than the preceding ones. Sometimes the prince could not help asking the white cat how it was that she could talk. Perhaps you are a fairy, he said, or some enchanter changed you into a cat. But she only gave him answers that told him nothing. Days go by so quickly when one is very happy that it is certain the prince would never have thought of its being time to go back when one evening, as they sat together, the white cat said to him that if he wanted to take a lovely princess home with him the next day, she must be prepared to do as she told him. Take this sword, she said, and cut off my head. Aye, cried the prince. I cut off your head. Blanchette, darling, how could I do it? I entreat you to do as I tell you, King's son, she replied. And that is where we're going to leave it this week with the White Cat Part 5, because that is about as close to a perfect cliffhanger as I will ever get on this podcast. And let's not all forget the fact that it is a little strange that the prince has fallen in love with a cat, even if she is one who talks and he's convinced that an enchanter has transformed this creature into a cat. That's an awful large leap to take, even for a fairy tale. This is Dan Schultz from the Folktale Project. Don't forget that you can subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, Overcast, anywhere you like to get your podcasts. You can follow us on Instagram at Folktale Project. You can find us on Auto Radio, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Spotify, anywhere you like to listen. And you can always head over to folktaleproject.com. We'll find a new story waiting for you every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. As always, thank you so much for listening.